0: So I gotta ask, how good is Conor McGregor? <laughs> I gotta ask.
1: I mean, you know, I, I think he'd take me. So <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd take all of us.
2: Welcome back another episode process preparation and performance. Your host Bill and JR. We're here with a very special guest today, Coach Gibson from Westminster. We're gonna dive into that in a minute. Coach, how you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on here.
2: Absolutely. Big things happening today, JR. Big things. You got a text message today from the body shop about (laughs) your car and we've been talking about this on a couple of episodes. So Give us an update, man. Where are you at?
0: I, I don't know how my car has become such a, uh, such a, <laughs> I guess, a great topic, but a little more damage found, so the initial estimate's probably going to go up, so I'm going to make a guess here. I think probably 15000 probably on it. Oh, my goodness.
2: So, I don't even know if my car is worth $15,000, to be honest with you. <laughs> but that's all right. That's yeah. all right. Let's go straight to Coach Gibson. Coach, thanks for being here. You're at Westminster. You guys just got a new facility, a new field, didn't you? Uh,
1: We do have a new field, yes, sir. How is it? uh, The field is beautiful. We're still working on the stadium, but the field is absolutely (laughs) stunning.
2: When I was there, it was the grass field still. Still a nice place. Still a great crowd on a Saturday. One of the young men that we coached out of Blair Oaks happened to play there. Uh, Great young man. He He was on the field. I got to watch him play, so that was pretty special for me. Uh, but kudos to you guys with the new field, the new stadium. You guys certainly deserve it. You'll, you've you been a presence here in Mid-Missouri for a long time. Tell us how you got to Westminster.
1: I'm actually a professor at Westminster. I, I, I came to, to Fulton in 2009 uh, as an assistant uh, professor of Political Science. I'm now a full professor, but uh, and I'm actually I will I will be coaching uh, the defensive line at at Westminster starting in the fall, uh, after five years at South Cali with the Bulldogs.
0: And Tobias, you mentioned being a a professor there. I came up in 2015 to a symposium that you guys did called Security versus Liberty, uh, which I believe you chaired. And you guys had some fantastic speakers up there. You had Jay Johnson, who was the Secretary of Homeland Security. Uh, You had, you know, a multitude of people. I really enjoyed listening to John Rizzo, who was a former CIA lawyer. Uh, You know, and you mentioned Westminster in and of itself. It is a fantastic school.
1: We're, we're a great school. Uh, I, I mean, a- academically, um, you know, in all honesty, I, w- I would put most of my students up against uh, most students from, you know, Mizzou or Wash U, in all honesty. In terms of the, the exact, uh, the, I mean, the, the specific event that you're talking about, I started a security studies program at, in 2012, I think. And then based on the success of that program and, and students, the president at the time asked me if I would be willing to, to, to chair a symposium on security, on national security. He was the the current, I mean, he was then the, the Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Jay Johnson. Uh, John Rizzo was there. Uh, as you mentioned, he was a retired uh, CIA attorney. He was act, actually the acting general counsel of CIA um, when he retired, which means that he was basically the head attorney for CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually... He he was somewhat infamous by the time he retired for reasons we can discuss if you really want to. But um, <laughs> but we we had um, Laura Donahue who who I think just stepped down from being the uh, the the National Security Law Program Chair at Georgetown. Um, you know we we had a, a whole lot of really excellent speakers.
0: Well, I know even some of the past symposium that you symposia that you've done. You've had speakers like. You know, I made a list here. It's unbelievable. RFK Jr., James Baker, Roberto Clemente Jr., Bernie Sanders came in. It's just amazing the services that, that Westminster can provide for students. And not only that, but the surrounding community can can go to these and just feel free to to join in and, and just listen to the speakers.
1: Uh, absolutely. And I, I have to say, uh, so, so two things. Uh, one of them is that, of course, having Churchill speak here in 1946 is very much a draw for people who are interested in national security for, for the the purposes of the audience who I hope is listening to this you know I think it was two or maybe three years ago we also had Ben and Amalu the the doctor um, who, who uh, mm-hmm. you know, tied CTE uh, in particular to football uh, through um, Mike Webster the the former uh, Hall of Fame Pittsburgh Steelers Center. So I mean we, we, we do in fact have a lot of, of really interesting speakers who I think offer a a wide range of very important perspectives.
2: That's incredible. All those people right here in Mid Missouri. I get asked all the time, why'd you come back to Missouri? You're in Chicago. Why? Well, it's reasons like that, man. It's right down the road. Think about that. And A little personal story. For years, even in college, I had my favorite poem hanging on the wall. It was by Winston Churchill. Never give in, never give in, never, 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 nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in. And I had it hanging on my wall and coming here to Mid-Missouri and you're driving by and you see the, the Churchill reference on the road, you, you know what's going on there at Westminster. It, it really is a fabulous place. And I'd like to kind of segue that, Coach, if you don't mind, into I see you guys all over Twitter you guys are recruiting and you're making kids, you're showing kids love for football and they're letting people know that, Hey man, you can get not only a great education here, but we have, we have good sports here. You're going to get a really good experience playing, playing whatever sport you want to do. Tell us about the recruiting efforts at Westminster and, it really seems like you guys are super passionate about it. So, if you don't mind diving into it, I would, I would love to hear any any info you have about it.
1: Uh, I don't, with the caveat that I haven't really done it as a as a coach. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen it done. Uh, I, I've certainly taken part in interviews with with incoming uh, prospective athletes, but I am not on the road recruiting. My primary job. Is is as a professor. With that being said, I think something like fifty five percent of our student body uh, participates in intercollegiate athletics. Wow, fifty uh, five. Really good football. You know, we, we have uh, a women's basketball team that has consistently mm-hmm. uh, won conference. You know, we have good baseball. Se- several of my students have done things like run cross country and then gone on to the you know the FBI and law school, and I mean just a, a wide <laughs> range of. Uh, of, of careers. You know, one of my favorite students right now is, is a, is a basketball player. And, and he, you know, he, he's good. You know, I mean, he's good enough to play division three basketball and and he's, you know, a smart kid, but he came to Westminster because he loves basketball, you know, and if he can, you know, if, if he can play it for four more years while getting a world-class education, he wants to do that. And I think that's what we can offer.
0: So, and Tobias, you, uh, you're you going to write a three-part article series for us on martial arts and defensive line play. And when we initially talked about that, you mentioned there was a training session that occurred with the Dallas Cowboys and two martial artists, uh, one of who trained with the infamous Bruce Lee. Can you tell us about that a little bit?
1: Yes, sir. Let, 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 me, let me back up a little bit if, if I can. So it, when I was Further researching, you know, when I was emailing you guys this morning with the bio, I I sort of realized that, you know, Mid-Missouri has this tie uh, to Bruce Lee, but also to Amos Alonzo Stagg, uh, you know, who's the, I mean, a legendary college football coach at the University of Chicago, primarily. I Mm -hmm. won two national championships, seven Big Ten championships. And so after he retired, he he volunteered coached at, at, at a high school in Stockton, California, and Stockton at, at least at the time I, I I won't I won't pretend that I know a lot about the demographics of Stockton today, but <laughs> um, but at the time in the '50s it, it, it was a a sort of you know landing spot for Filipino Americans, and so there were a whole lot of Filipino. You know, I mean, workers coming in from the Philippines, and you know, second generation by then. And one of those, one of the the players, who Stag coached as a volunteer high school coach, was a guy named then Danny Inasano. And Danny Inasano went on to be Bruce Lee's training partner, student, and, and teacher. And so a lot, you know, so he he's he's a, a world class martial artist. You know, he, he's, he's had an incredible influence uh, and, and continued the influence of, of Bruce Lee, quite frankly, in, in Jeet Kune Do, which is Bruce Lee's art, but also in Filipino martial arts, you know, that, that he's helped sort of codify and popularize. One of, one of Lee and Inasano's students in the 70s was a guy named Bob Ward, who went on to be the strength and conditioning coach for the, for the Dallas Cowboys and and what i found is that at least by 1979 ward using his ties to inasano had brought inasano into the dallas cowboys training facilities as a quote guest lecturer you know and and i i need i need to, to 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 add so i i'll show this to you just because i have it in you know right 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 with me so this, this is this is oh this is backwards sorry. Uh, <laughs> no
2: it's good it's good this, we can see it
1: this is the the january nineteen eighty six black belt magazine that if you see down here it says down oh, yeah Cowboys oh my gosh
0: take i
1: can't do it Cowboys take to the dojo n f l team has Bruce lee on its side okay that's cool so this, that's is, awesome. this is after uh this is after ward has brought in Asano in several times, and, and he's, he is there uh, in, in training camp in 1985 uh, with a guy named uh, Chai Sirsut, who is probably the, the, the person who's most responsible for popularizing uh, Muay Thai kickboxing in the United States. So he, he's the founder of the, the Thai Boxing Association. And of course, you know, in 1979, and 1984, 85, 86, nobody knew what, what Thai boxing was. <laughs> right. Right. Now, right. It is, it is one of the sort of, you know, two or three or four main arts that you see uh, fought and trained, you know, in, in MMA in the UFC. Right. And so, I mean, this this is really, really, really genuinely cutting edge material at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important to say that 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 Dan and Asano, I've met him on several occasions. He's something like five, six, 160 pounds. You know there there are great pictures in this article that I can link to you. And I, it, when I write these articles, assuming that I can hyperlink things, I'll, I'll add a lot of this stuff into the articles too. But, sure. You know there there are pictures of five foot six Dan Asano standing next to six foot nine Ed Too Tall Jones, right? <laughs> you know which which is just a fantastic uh, image at any rate. I don't know that no martial I'm sorry that, that no NFL team had ever in the history of the NFL brought in a boxer or a wrestler. I mean, you know, right. But I do know that by 1979, the Dallas Cowboys are making a concerted, consistent effort to bring in, you know, Bruce Lee protege and and others, you know, to to help them learn how to, you know, sort of win the war in the trenches such as Mm -hmm. right. And so, you know. Hand-to-hand combat. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Hand to
2: hand combat.
1: Absolutely. You know, there, there, there's, a, there's a great line in here by by Sir Suit who says that, that Randy White is the hardest kicker in the United States. You know, <laughs> this is this is future Hall of Famer. You know, top 100 NFL players in the history of the game, Randy White, who's, who's taking a genuine liking uh, to to Thai boxing, and again, he's also. I mean, he, he continues uh, to, to practice Filipino martial arts today. Um, And again, I I will I will add a lot of videos into this into this series um, that that you you gentlemen have kindly allowed me to 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 offer you. So Uh,
2: I got a chance to listen to a guy talk about this topic one time, and he I took away you know when you go to a clinic or you go somewhere, you're always trying to just take away like one thing, right? Well, this is a guy that I took away something just from him that I still use to this day when I'm coaching whatever. In football, and that is never take your eye off your visual threat, right? So if you're hunting, you're not gonna take your eye off of the deer you're about to shoot or the bear or whatever that is. He's like, so apply that to boxing. You think that guy's gonna look away? No, he's gonna get knocked in the teeth. He's gonna get knocked out, right? He goes, so why in football, if I'm a D lineman, why would I ever take my eye off the visual threat? I gotta learn to feel movement but see my target all the time and I still remember he was a dynamic speaker. His name was Blaze, oh, big tall Blaise. dude. I think yeah Blaze Winter, yep. Uh he's he's always talking, right? He's always speaking. And I still remember listening to him talk. Very dynamic guy. I think that's great, coach. And you're gonna bring some of that to the D line. If you haven't already at South Callaway, you're gonna bring it to Westminster. So it's day one, you're with the D line you got 30 minutes in the you're starting to and you're starting to bring this in what's the first thing you bring in to teach them that kind of ties both of them together
1: attitude you know i mean i I, I, I tell my d line guys that 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 you know i mean be be relentless you know i i mean be be relentless and, and i want them to do it in life too by the way you know i, I mean so it's relentless pursuit of the quarterback but it's also relentless pursuit of of excellent in academics in the classroom, at home, you know, with their girlfriend, whatever the case may be, at the job, you know, so that, that, that is in a literal sense, the first thing, you know, that, that being said, I mean, in, in terms of the, the, the physical, uh, components that, that, um, martial arts can bring, and, and actually, if, if I can, let me, let me back up a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not trying to step on Blaze Winter's um, uh, feet. In fact, I, I've met him twice and I've sat in the front row and because he and I ended up kind of speaking the same language, I was like the guy that he was whose ass he was kicking basically, you know, in the in the in the clinic, right? Sorry, sorry, I won't do that one again. <laughs>
0: no,
2: that's okay. You're good, man. You're good. Go for it. My,
1: my, my apologies. But I be I mean, passionate. Um, you know, I mean but but he you know, he, he knew that I spoke the language, basically. You know, he knew that I knew what I was doing and all this kind of thing, right? You know, and there there are lots of other coaches around the country. There's a guy named um, Bruce Lombard who who runs a thing called MMA FX, which is, I mean, you know, it's MMA and football cross training. You know, and he's in. Um, I always mess up the town. He he's at Penn State, basically. You know, but but there are a lot of different martial arts, obviously, and and each a, any one of them can bring in, you know, different physical components to to the to to the defensive line. You know, linebackers and safeties and running backs, you know, I mean, some of it is footwork, right? So, I mean, you know, with Filipino martial arts in particular, we, we have a lot of what I think is, is pretty, um, it, it, it's it's a lot of movement on triangles, you know. So, I mean, we, we've got these, you know, diamond-shaped sawtooth, it, it, one of my instructors describes it you know, uh, you know, so these sort of zigzagging, you know, patterns that we do in conjunction with swinging a stick. Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee's art, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of what you see in Jeet Kune Do is very tight, you know, I mean, like, to the center line, hands, um, a lot of trapping of, of, of your opponent's arms and hands, forearms, elbows, you know, Bruce Lee was very famous for his one-inch punch, Right. I mean, so I mean, you, you can you know learn how to generate a great deal of power when, when you're, you know, a football with a, a part or length apart, I guess. You know, karate does different things. Wrestling does different things. Muay Thai does does different things. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you generate a lot of power, a lot of uh, torque. A lot of conditioning, in particular, with Muay Thai. So I'm, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not trying to step on any one particular martial arts toes, you know. And, and, and I, I want to add too that you know you you also are beginning to see very purposeful recognition that football is also a combat sport.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: University of Iowa Offensive Line made news last year because I think all five of the starters finished in the top three as heavyweights in the in their state wrestling tournaments. I mean, just th- things like that, right? You know so I mean, it, it's this very purposeful recognition that that skills that you can bring as a martial artist. To the defensive line again, in in my case in particular, it it just adds a lot of skill and understanding of how bodies work and react and those types of things. And but I do think that a lot of it is the mindset in particular.
0: You know, Tobias, you were you were telling us you've got a wide variety of experience in teaching martial arts. Uh, you know, learning it. I can't even pronounce half of that stuff. I'd read that you were the co-advisor to the Westminster College MMA Club. And what kind of prompted you to get involved in martial arts uh, and to teach others to do it? Uh, what's kind of the story there?
1: It's actually two sort of separate stories. In in some very real ways, you know, what, what I do is teach all the time. You know, so again, I'm, I'm a professor who spends um, at least, you know, the majority of, of my professional life, either in the classroom or in office hours or, you know, I mean, that, that type of thing. So in terms of the teaching component, I've been doing that purposefully since, um, I guess, 1998 is, is when I, I first taught at least what amounts to my own class. In terms of the martial arts, I watched all the Bruce Lee movies that, you know, that that, that kids did. Yeah, man. Um, Absolutely. Um, you know, I watched uh, John Claude Van Dam and you know I was gonna join it and you know, go 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 fight in the Kumite and uh, yeah. you know Steven Seagal had like four good movies in about four years when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe know, four, know maybe. Mean, like, um, um, you know, and, and I was a high school wrestler and I played football. You know, so I, I mean, in terms of formal martial arts training, I didn't start until. I think two thousand and two, and Aikido um, actually was one of Steven Segal's senior students. was was my first formal training. Um uh, <laughs> wow. I, I decided that I I didn't that art and I think will be better when I'm seventy. And, and what I mean by that is it, it it is the gentle art. My my first Filipino and and uh, Filipino martial arts instructor and JKD instructor, um, Judo instructor. Basically told me that at the time I lacked finesse. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm quoting him. You know? um, and I mean, I kind of, I kind of brought that that football mentality and that wrestler mentality to to the, you know, to the classroom at any rate. So, you know, and, and that that being said, um, you know, that that actually kind of helped me. That that comment and, and some other comments by by. Uh, another instructor really kind of helped me find my path. What I teach primarily is Filipino martial art, or, or, you know, and and sort of the applications thereof. Um, You know, so I'm I'm an instructor. I'm a red tag instructor in Dog Brothers Martial Arts, which is a very, I mean, it is meant to be a a very um, useful, you know, a martial art with application. You know, it, it is not what my instructor would uh, describe as describes as martial arts and crafts. You know, <laughs> I, I'm an instructor um, under Hawk Hock Hawkheim, um, who is very much a. I mean, you know he he has a um, he has a very direct route. <laughs> to, right, not a belt <laughs> to, factory to a rotation, type of place. You know? But I, I I have spent um, I think 250 or so hours in Dan Inasano uh, you know, guru. I want to stress that. Uh, Guru Dan and Anasano's uh, seminars, you know, and he teaches a lot of Filipino martial arts and, and Thai boxing and Jeet Kune Do and a uh, Pacific Island art called Silat, which has a whole lot of different um, methodology. Oh. So.
2: Funny story, right? I'm growing up and martial arts was in the family for my father and my uncle. And my father has told me numerous stories about all the stuff they did as kids. And it was very much like what you're talking about. Coach Gibson it wasn't a belt factory type of place. It was a place where you got in and you learned and it was very much disciplined. And, you know, my dad tells this story about it that he trained with my uncle and a guy named Ernie Hart. Ernie Hart was a nobody in, in South St. Louis to start with. Right. Well, fast forward, my dad and my uncle go off to Vietnam. Ernie Hart goes and becomes the teacher of martial arts to Hollywood. Totally different paths. So one guy is teaching actors how to kick. The other guys are kicking people, right? So they take a totally different path. But it's just, I completely agree with what you're saying, Coach. It is an attitude thing. It's an attitude thing about discipline and how to... Motivate yourself during times when things maybe aren't comfortable, and if you can apply that to your D lineman, man, your defense gonna be pretty stout, Coach. It's gonna be pretty good. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy coming to Westminster on a Saturday and watching some D line play. I know that. Well, you're, I you're want to know how. Welcome. All right, perfect. I wanna know how you got into football coach. How how did that happen? You were at South Callaway for a while and now you're gonna go coach D line at Westminster. How does, how does that jump feel from high school to college?
1: So let let me begin, you know, I didn't start coaching football until I was at least early forties. But I've always loved football. I mean, you know, again I, I played I played football in high school, you know, and it meant a lot to me. You know, and I've watched a lot of football. Um, my older son, you know, I mean, he started watching football about the time that the Saints beat the Colts in the Super Bowl '09, I think that was. At Westminster, um, we we hired a new professor whose husband was still is, I guess, um, Tucker Bartley at, at South Callaway. He he and I kind of connected through her, and then when South Callaway went to state in '14. You know, a lot of the the coaching staff left, which meant that there was an opportunity uh, because of the turnover. You know, and I went down and and talked with Tucker and uh, Coach Hess at, at South Calaway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I mean, I got, I mean, in all honesty, I mean that that was one of the best things that I've ever done. You know, South South Calway is very much a home to me. You know, the, the the coaching staff and the kids and a lot of the parents mean a lot to me, and and because my son actually had a fair amount of interest in, in football as well um coach Hess was was kind enough to, to let him do um scouting reports and you know so I mean he he actually worked for coach wealthy at Westminster before I ever did <laughs> you know, okay. I, I, I still haven't right. he's he spent last year doing doing stuff with wealthy uh you know uh, work study you know, last last year, one of us got paid to, to coach football, and one of us didn't. <laughs> uh, at any rate, you know, so like I said, I mean, I, I've I've been teaching, and you know, I've been teaching physically, you know, at least five or six. Well, I've been teaching again for a decade or whatever before that, but I, I've been teaching, you know, martial arts for four or five years anyway. You know, and, and that's pretty much what I told them. You know, I mean, like, I I watch football. You know, I I am not a a football strategist. I'm a, I'm a football. Tactician, if you will, you know I mean?
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, sure, sure.
1: You know, but I, I think I think that that at least most of your listeners will agree that that South Callaway football has been really good for a while. We were able to put together a really great defensive product while, while I was there, and that's actually a genuine credit to the players. I think they 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 really bought in, and they, you know, I mean, they ran a damn lot of hills. And they <laughs> each around a little bit and you know, but but then we, you know, I mean we won conference two out of the five years I was there and uh you know, we won district uh last year and stuff like that, you know. So full stop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what would be your prototypical D lineman recruit type kid that might listen to this and say, Yeah, hey, I might I might give Westminster a shot. This sounds kind of interesting. What what are you specifically looking for?
1: That, that that relentless attitude um you know he doesn't have to be the the biggest the fastest the strongest the smartest um you know but he, he's got to work hard um and, and and that's that's the way that i i mean that 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 well that, that's how i coach i mean that's how i teach my kids didn't want me to, to to the boy scouts have a rule that parents are not allowed to be part of the the, the process uh you know, for for promotions, my kids didn't want me to be because I know I'd ask every question, kind of thing. <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean. You know, if if you will work hard for me, I will work hard for you.
2: Oh, I love it. I love it. And Salt Calloway certainly has a very positive and prominent history, not just in football but in a lot of sports. You know, when when I was at Blair Oaks, we had the chance to battle against Coach Rulo and you know, just to see firsthand the types of athletes they put out there. And I can remember a number of games that were very, very hard fought class act games that were played that just makes you proud to be a part of one program or the other, no matter what the outcome was, you were super happy to, to be a part of it because what you were watching was, it was a game. I mean, let's be honest. It was a game based on some, some rules of you do this, you do this, whatever. But it really was watching two communities come together and celebrate what all their work and, you know, just their time together. And, uh, it was a great time. I I enjoyed those times immensely coach. It, It really was good. Uh, we, we didn't cross paths perfectly there when I was at Blair Oaks and you were at South Callaway, but I could tell you that South Callaway is definitely a team I still hear about. I still talk to some of those coaches I still wonder what they're doing. I, I still see how successful they are. They were successful just recently in baseball too. I believe mm-hmm. um, and no doubt they probably would have been again this year if if the sports weren't canceled. so I want to ask you coach how does it how does this apply to you with the school cancellations? How are you guys doing with are you doing a lot of online learning or are you doing a lot of uh you know check in with me stuff whether it's with just the students or the student athletes how's Westminster attacking that
1: I mean I, I'll, I'll tell you that we're all online you know and and um you know, I, I have had more phone calls with students in the last what are we up to three weeks I think yeah you know in, in the last three weeks than I mean in all honesty than I probably ever had have I mean maybe even in the my my entire teaching career um you know, but we, we, we have to do it again. You know, I mean, it's not quite the same thing as office hours, you know, but I,
0: I mean, yeah. How are the, how are the students handling that? Uh, I don't think we've had anybody really tell us from a, from a college university perspective.
1: I think overall they're they're doing pretty well. Um, You know, and and I, I mean, with with a lot, again, you know, a lot of caveats, right. I mean, I've, I've, um, as, 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 you know, I'm kind of a part-time administrator also, um, so I, I've actually gotten to sit in on a couple of classes, I mean, not, not unlike this, but I was always on mute, <laughs> yeah. um, um, you know, and, and, and the, the students, uh, I, I think that they're doing okay, but again, you know, I mean, pretty early, there were a lot of struggles, you know, um, yeah, um, you know, a, a lot, a lot of places in 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 rural Missouri and um, you know rural Arkansas and I mean probably rural rural lots of places, but uh, you know the ones that that where I have students, um, you know there there are kids who are making drives into McDonald's so that they can connect in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean stuff like that is really hard. Um, yeah. I mean, I was really excited when I saw that. You know, I, I mean, from a South Calais rural Missouri high school perspective. You know, it was very nice that the, the Ham's Prairie store opened up wifi for the kids down there. Um, and they did. I mean, that's I, talk, awesome. I mean, you know, kind of talking about community and stuff. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. And, yeah. That's awesome. Um,
1: you know, it, it's, it's really nice when, when, when um, the community steps up to take care of their own. Yeah.
0: You know, I think there's been a lot of challenges with that because I know, even with uh, at Jeff City we've left the the Wi Fi up around the school to where if kids don't have it, they can they can go over to the parking lot or whatever and and use it and and so much stuff is it's easy to say, well, it's online, but you know, some people still just don't have access to that type of stuff or, or at least the connection speed to do it. And so uh kind of like you were mentioning, I think a lot of communities are, are struggling with it from a student perspective, just how do we service them and how do we make sure that school can still continue, you know, even though you're not having those face to face conversations every day?
1: Absolutely. But I also want to say, I mean, I, I definitely want to send a um, you know, I'll go with shout out, you know, I mean a, no, a note of thanks to, you know, the, the coaches and the teachers at, at every level. At every level. You know, the, the the things that they are doing for the students is amazing. You know, across the board. And it's also important I think for us to know that that the the professors and the and the teachers are also missing out you know i mean like it, it, it is not the same thing to sit in a in, a, in a, a class like this or whatever you know and not feel the energy of the students you know and yeah um i i teach better when i know that the students are excited about the stuff that i teach you know it's again it's not unlike coaching or coaching isn't unlike teaching right i mean yeah I think if you if you've been around the coaching profession for i mean at least as near as I could tell more than a season you know and I haven't done it for twenty or thirty or forty years right but i mean there there are years where you know for whatever reason your your position group or you know the whole defense or i mean whatever right the sophomores you know mm-hmm. they've checked out right and it makes it more difficult i mean you still need to, to figure out a way you know how, how to how to um you know sort of bring the noise a little bit right but right um you know but but when when your guys are excited whatever that means when you're when your students your 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 team uh, you know when they're excited man i mean it's easy to coach it's easy to teach but when when there's a disconnect like this uh, i i think that that the the student I'm sorry that the, the faculty members are also feeling it so again I would like to spend, send a,
0: a special thank you out to all of them absolutely so I gotta ask how good is Connor McGregor <laughs> I gotta ask I mean you know I, I think
1: he'd take me so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think he'd take all of us <laughs>
2: probably so probably so coach I think I, I would just like to impress this point that sometimes Division Three sports get a negative connotation. Like kids feel like they're settling for something, and we've been fortunate. We've talked to the coach at WashU, the former head coach, Coach Kinbaum, the new head coach, Coach Keen. You know Westminster's here in our backyard. Division Three is not bad sports, and it's not bad football. And I think it's important to know that. Sometimes kids make a decision where they're going to play a sport based on what kind of grades or academic instruction they can get. And for a lot of kids and for a lot of young athletes, that's a great decision. And it's probably a great decision for anybody, right? But sometimes it's the decision, where can I go so that the next 40 is just as good as the next four? and. Westminster is one of those places. Uh, thank you to you as teachers, to be honest with you. You know, I have, I have children in school and the teachers are reaching out and it really means a lot because you could tell, like you were speaking about, there is that disconnect and there's that sense of community within the school that the teachers are missing out on, the students are missing out on, the faculty is missing out on, certified, non-certified staff, administration everybody's missing out on that. And they're trying to get it back. Unfortunately, we won't get it back this year. But that doesn't mean that there won't be a lot of good come from it. You know, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Coach, and i got to ask you a couple more questions. We put out a poll on Twitter, and you're a D-line coach, so <laughs> defensive perspective here. Jr. and I contend that there's only three ways to run the football. And, Jr., you, you know this is true. We, a lot of people didn't vote. But we've been getting messages from a lot of people telling us, yes, no, you didn't add this, you didn't add this. Well, you're all a bunch of chickens because you didn't (laughs) vote for one. Okay, but we're going to ask. a College D-line coach, here's here's the rules, coach. JR and I say there's only three ways to run the ball, inside the tackles, outside the tackles, or option. And option means you have a guy inside and outside the tackles. Okay? Do you agree?
1: I, I think largely, um, and, and I, I will, I will send a, a shout out to my, uh, my, my, my long time college football love, uh, and that is the the old school Nebraska Cornhuskers.
0: Okay. Um, there you go. All right.
1: And, and, and so, you know, and, and they, they ran, as you know, I mean, uh, the ball down anybody's throat, uh, in, in the eighties and early nineties. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, no. If, I mean, if, if that's what you're asking. I, 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 think, okay. that, I think that that's, that's at least mostly accurate. Yeah.
2: There you go, JR. We're winning. Yep. We're winning. The, the votes just keep going in our favor. <laughs> Coach, we're going to give you the last 30, 45, 60 seconds, whatever you need. This is your chance to talk to the, your recruits, talk to some kids thinking about coming to Westminster, or even those guys who you're going to be coaching this fall
1: on the D-line, you've got the floor. Tell them whatever you want to tell them. I, I, think, I think that Westminster um, offers a world-class education. You know, and we we, we uh, at least mostly opened by, by mentioning uh, Rizzo and Jay Johnson and, and Amalu and all of those guys. You know, I, I've gotten to meet James Baker. You, you talked about him. I've gotten to meet General David Petraeus. You know, I've, I've gotten to meet and have lunch with Laura Donahue, who I mentioned earlier. You know, we send students to uh, Harvard Law School and Vanderbilt Law School and Duke Law School. Um, you know, I've got several former students in the intelligence community, um, police officers, um, you know, I mean, and et cetera. Think tanks at the state and national level. I, I, I think that Westminster is an excellent college education. And you're right about the, the quality of Division three athletics. There is a lot of really good athletic, athletes. Sorry, there, there are a great deal of really good athletes in Division three. And it's also important, I think, um, to recognize, and I don't, I don't have the whole list in front of me. Coach Wealthy would be a better person for this. But um, I think that the head football coach at CBC is a Westminster grad. Uh, I think that um, mm-hmm. I, uh, where did he go? I think he was at Battle, and now he's at Hallsville. I think.
0: Oh, uh, Conyers. Yeah. Um,
1: he he's a Westminster grad. You, you know, and those those are the you know. I mean, my my point is is that there you know there are a whole lot of really good athletes in Division three who then go on to impact athletics and other really important professions. And uh, as a as a professor at Westminster. I have I have told the Fulton Sun this probably two or three years ago. You know, there are a lot of people who look at kids, you know, the 18 to 22 year olds, that, you know, guys my age, and they talk about how you know back in my day and the you know uphill both ways and all, you know all that stuff. Right? Nice going to hell in a handbasket. You know, <laughs> I, I feel exactly the opposite. You know, I, I I have seen kids as young as 14 years old bust their hump to do what's good for their community, for their team, for their teammates, for their coaches, Uh, you know, at at South Cali, you know, students come to Westminster and struggle and find their feet, you know, go, go on to jobs that are, are incredible. You know, Mm -hmm. that, I mean, again, teachers, coaches, lawyers, doctors, it's unbelievable. The transformation that uh, athletics and, and academics and, and in a perfect world, the tandem offer is amazing. And I, I think I'm done now. <laughs> so I'll probably wait more than forty seconds, but
2: all okay, good. I think it was fine to me. It's been another great episode, Coach. We loved having you. Anytime you want to jump back on, you're always welcome. Can't wait to see those articles you're gonna write and see some of these video links. I'm interested to uh, dive into it myself. That's awesome. Westminster I hope we get our fall sports in. I definitely do want to come out and see a game. JR and I will be out there. Okay. Yeah. I don't need I mean if if sideline passes show up, we're okay with that, JR. We're all right. <laughs> right. I,
1: I, I'm happy to see what I can do.
2: <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Nice. <laughs>